FirstAmendmentRadio.com, Galaxy 13, Channel 16, Audio 7.70, and worldwide on the Internet at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk again about the Kingdom of God. Uh, we were not on Blog Talk Radio this morning. Uh, that may have been an oversight on my part. Uh, you have to schedule those programs in advance. You can't schedule them at the last minute. I thought I had several weeks scheduled ahead, but when I went to log in this morning, they were all blank. I don't know if somebody erased them or if somehow I overlooked something, but I've got them scheduled for the next couple of months. So we'll have that blog talk radio show as scheduled usually just uh, before this show as a kind of a warm-up. And we may go to having call-ins there as well. But uh, I also will appear on other radio stations uh uh, which I won't mention when. You just have to be a part of the Living Network to find out when those are, but I'll be guests here and there. And we notify people as far in advance as we can, and it will hopefully continue to increase our popularity. Uh, just missing the blog talk, many people were calling in and writing me, what, what's happened? Why can't we hear you? <laughs> so I guess there are people out there that are listening and want to hear about the keys to the kingdom. So many so that we're actually planning a whirlwind tour across the United States. To uh, Most of the states will travel all the way to the East Coast and up the East Coast and back across to the Midwest and back here to Oregon. And I have no idea how long it will take. I don't know where all the stops will be. Uh, we have several conference calls this week, today and tomorrow. Um, I can't attend them all because I have to be on other radio programs so, uh, and, and other locations. But we have a group of network ministers, uh, contact ministers, personal contact ministers, and ministers of record who will be tending to those uh, conference calls. You can get on them again by joining the Living Network at hisholychurch.org. You join that living network, and then you ask them, how do I find out about the conference calls? How do I get Brother Gregory to come to my town? How do uh, I get other ministers to uh, help me gather together with all those tens, hundreds, and 144,000 people who are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And that's what the network's for. I can't answer all those calls. I can't talk to everybody. I can't give private lessons. And, you know, I actually have people uh, calling up asking questions. I said, well, you know, it's in this book, and you can get the book for free through the Living Network. And they say, uh, well, I'm not much for one for reading. I just want to know if you could tell me. Well, you know, that's kind of like private lessons. <laughs> you know, if I answered every call that comes in here and talk to them for an hour, I wouldn't have enough time to do anything. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't answer all those calls. So we've created a living network. We've got a lot of people that are studying the material and uh, studying how this works, studying how it relates to history, how it relates to our time, and what we can do to get closer to the ways of Christ, the ways of righteousness, the ways of the kingdom, to become those free souls under God. And you can't do that unless you care about other people. And so one thing I'd like you to care about a bit and not try to keep me on the phone for 140 hours a week, uh, get a hold of the contact ministers, talk to them, you have questions, 
those contact ministers are starting to learn where to send you. I don't want them on the phone for 140 hours a week either. Uh, you have to do some studying. We've got plenty of recordings up. Where we've tried to categorize some of these recordings, and hopefully we'll do a better and better job. But that takes people who are willing to work. Everybody wants to be free, but nobody wants to help anybody else get free. And those kinds of people we're not really interested in. We're only interested in people who love their neighbor as themselves, who care as much about their neighbor's rights as they care about their own. Very simple concept. If you don't have that ingrained in the community in which you live, then you will not be a free community for very long. Almost every piece of advice that Christ gave or directive that Christ mentions is an absolute essential quality to having a free government, to be governed freely as free souls under God. Those aren't just religious platitudes, you know, so that you can be a nice guy. Uh, it's about salvation in this world and the next. If you don't care about anybody in this world, what do they want you in heaven for? I mean, it, you would be absolutely useless there. I mean, and so... Do you even know who he is? I mean, the Pharisees thought they accepted God, but they didn't know who he was. Oh, they had his name, Yahweh. They had that. You know, it was a special name. They had it written. It was sacred and everything, but they didn't know who he was because they just knew the letters. They didn't know the character of God. They knew the character of his written name, but they didn't know the character of his spirit. And they weren't compatible with it. And they didn't tend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. We need to turn around our whole way of thinking, our whole way of acting, because salvation is not just a thought. It's a, it, love is an action word. It is about doing. It's not about just talking. So we're going to be traveling around to all these different states and countries, uh, uh, depending on how you want to look at the states. Because the states were countries. They were nations. They were states. You know, uh, they had everything that a country had. They did not have the ability to sign treaties once they had acquiesced to the Constitution. But Israel couldn't sign treaties for you know, hundreds of years because that would be making a covenant with others and with their gods. And they were not to make a league, a contract, a, a, a treaty with these other countries. And that was very important because they couldn't obligate their people because their people were free. For instance, the land, the land in Israel, every individual in Israel would own land. Every citizen of the nation of Israel in each individual tribe would own land, except for the Levites. They didn't own land as a personal estate. They owned land in common. But they were sacrificed a certain status of freemen to be servants of the public, because that's what the church was. It was you know, the church in the wilderness. The Levites were the church in the wilderness. They were the called out in the wilderness to serve the people as the public servants of that nation. And they taxed the people like other nations, except for one little minor thing. They couldn't force the tax. The tithe was your tax. It went to support the ministers of your government who handled health, education, and welfare of the people. The agricultural extension agent, everything, that was the Levite. He took care of all national charity and local charity and community charity and tribal charity through a network of ministers in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, tens, hundreds, fifties, and thousands. This was the way in which they governed themselves. You didn't have to pay the Levite 10% of what you made. You tithed to him because and according to his service. That's what it says, according to his service. 
if he didn't provide any service, you didn't have to pay him anything. That's a cool government. But that's what it was. That was the way the government operated. He couldn't come in and kick in your door and force you to contribute because he could not exercise authority over you because you were free souls under God. That's the form of government set up by Moses. And these Levites were the bureaucrats of that government. And they were kept honest by the honest people. But the people got slothful. You get around to the time of Samuel, and the people are a little bit slothful here. And they're not doing things quite the way that they should. And what you see is the people being corrupted. Now, what other job did the Levites have? They were actually part of a judicial system. That if you committed a crime, you could appeal to the cities of refuge for justice. Now, that, the local people could try you based on the crime that you committed, uh, and they would use a jury of your peers, the, the other people, the elders of your congregation, to decide fact and law. We see that with Boaz and Ruth. They needed a, a, a thing of law to be decided that day, and they just called the elders together. Here's, here's my side of the case. Here's my cousin's side of the case. And what do you guys say? And they say, well, if he gives up this, he, you can have that. And they decided fact and law. That's jury. And that's the way they operated. But what if you got injustice in that little community? What happened if, if got, and that happens. People get prejudiced. People get angry. People get emotionally involved. People have their own selfish interests. And you will get injustice from time to time in local communities. So what do you do? Well, you appeal to someone who is not locally prejudiced. You appeal to the cities of refuge, to the Levites, who set up these systems whereby you could appeal to them. And if they exonerated the claims against you, you could go free by the protection of the city of refuge. Did you have to stay in that city of refuge? Did, you ha did all the criminals go to these cities set up by the Levites so that all the criminals could hide? What a den of iniquity that would be. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about in a system of appeals court. And then once you're exonerated, anybody who would kill you or punish you are doing it as if you were an innocent man because you are not sufficiently proven guilty according to the laws of Moses. Most people don't realize it that, you know, probably a third of the people that are in jail right now would go free under the laws of Moses. Oh, yeah, that vengeful law of Moses. You know, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. You couldn't convict a man without two eyewitnesses. You had to prove that these guys were actually criminals. You know, not suppose. And if you testified falsely to get somebody to go to jail, you didn't just get let out. I mean, I mean, the, the, the victim didn't just get let out and then, uh, you know, the state have to pay uh, for his wrongful incarceration. You had to pay for his wrongful incarceration because you broke the law bearing false witness. That, that law is already on the books. When you sign things under penalty of perjury, you're, in, you're increasing the law. You're creating new law, or at least your subjection to new law. That's why they want you to do that, is that you're going to now, I accept the penalties of perjury. That's a contract. Do you know what the penalties of perjury are? They can change <laughs> from minute, day from day. But you can do that, but you just have to realize what you're doing. You know, when I wrote the book, The Covenants of God, a lot of people, I recently I, uh, I was talking to somebody about it, that a guy began to tell me, uh, or I heard him say, that he wanted to do everything that Gregory said we should do in the book, The Covenants of the God. And I'm thinking, did he read that? That book specifically says, that there is no solution in the book. But a part of finding a solution is understanding the problem. 
and that's what the book The Covenants of the Gods is all about it's about the nature of the problem the nature of the problem is really us we covet our neighbor's goods we're slothful and the slothful should be under tribute we make covenants all the time we apply for benefits the greatest destroyers of benefits I mean of freedom is the givers of gifts which gratuities and benefits and so that book is telling how we go into submission from everything from uh, marriage contracts to uh, uh, legal and lawful systems or binding systems usually equity uh, admiralty law of course is another one uh, these are systems that you enter into because you enter into contracts or agreements or activities where there is no remedy at common law. I heard somebody talking about common law the other day and saying, well, the, uh, common law contract requires that you do this and you do this and you have consent and full knowledge and all this stuff. So these aren't really contracts that we don't have to obey them. That's not the way it works. You create obligations without entering into a common law contract. And yeah, equity will come along and assume and presume that you have a constructive contract, an equitable contract. Either that or you're a thief. And I'll give you an example of that. We may talk about this on other programs that you guys might not get to it. So uh, the fact is, is how do you get obligated in a contractual way without a lawful common law contract? Well, very easy. If you go to public school, who's paying the bill? I mean, almost every public school is not financed enough by local taxes. It's financed by a lot of things. Federal monies now, uh, state monies, and local taxes. Where does that money come from that financed your education? Well, I pay in my taxes. But did you pay in enough? I mean, I had six children. And that it was costing six or seven thousand dollars to send a kid to public school at that time in our community. If I had six kids, six times six, that'd be thirty-six thousand dollars a year in taxes that I should pay in to cover those salaries. Well, they were home taught, so we didn't do that. I didn't go to public school either. I went to private schools, and they were not funded by tax dollars. They were not the result of a socialist state. Yeah, that's right. Public schools is a, is socialism. People are saying, well, they've been teaching my kids socialism in the public schools. What do you think the public schools are? That's socialism. Free education paid for by forcing your neighbor to contribute to your child's education through the local sheriff's office and the county tax assessor and the state taxes and federal taxes that provide for free education. You are coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of the government that you created. And according to the Ten Commandments, coveting your neighbor's goods is a crime. You are a criminal if you are sending your children to public school. Now, I will forgive that criminality if you seek the kingdom of heaven. Turn around and and start going the other direction. Start forming congregations. Start teaching your kids at home. Some people say, I can't teach my kids at home. I have to work every day. And, you know, my husband's dead or my wife is dead and I can't. I have to put the kids somewhere, get in a congregation that cares about you as much as they care about themselves. And they will help you educate your children without sending somebody to your neighbor's house with a gun to force them to pay for your child's education. You are a part of the problem if you are not part of the solution. Because the slothful should be under tribute. And Christ and God said, don't do that. Don't go under tribute. Don't sit and eat with rulers. Don't take of their benefits. They serve deceitful dainties. Paul says, and David says, what should have been for your welfare has become a snare. Why? Because 
it is that welfare is provided by forced contribution to want one benefit from men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other in the forcing of contribution is antichrist because it's against what Christ said to do it's really simple these guys who are bringing you to the altar to get you to accept Jesus haven't even told you who Jesus is he said the Corbin of the Pharisees made the word of God to none effect but they say oh we're studying the word of God you on a daily basis are making the word of God to none effect your Bible studies are echoing tinkling bells If you are daily, by policy, taking from your neighbor through the agency of men who call themselves benefactors and exercise authority, you are anti-Christ. You haven't accepted him. You've denied him. Oh, you accepted him by saying, Lord, Lord. But you're not doing the will of the Father. You're actually making the word of God to none effect. Now that's a shocking revelation to people who get it. But that's what I'm supposed to do, is I'm supposed to give you a shocking revelation so that you can repent, turn around and seek the kingdom of heaven. You cannot do that alone in this society. You can't do it alone. The whole essence of the kingdom of heaven is to care about others. How do you care about others alone? Do not forsake the gathering together. Start coming together. Start caring for one another in ways that are cast up instead of following the ways that are not cast up that will cast you down into the pit of despair and corruption. Stop coveting your neighbor's goods. Start seeking the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and the righteousness of God who would not force you to contribute to the welfare of your neighbor, but desires that you love your neighbor enough to contribute to him. We need to get this message out to the world. And so that's why we're planning the whirlwind tour the 2011 whirlwind tour because the whirlwind is coming you need to seek the righteousness look up in your King James Bible every place is whirlwind and read the chapters or the verses and then read the chapters around those verses and there's there's one or two in there that will be very enlightening why don't I tell you which one? Because you're supposed to be seeking the kingdom. I'm not going to bring it to you and feed it to you on a platter. This isn't free bread and circuses. You have to seek it. You can't just sit there like foolish virgins because the door will be shut. So we'll tell you more about the tour, more about what you can do to seek the kingdom of heaven when we return to Jesus of the You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded. It has been borrowed. It has been purchased. It has been stolen. There's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. 
Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll-free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover of the church. This DVD is the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church. The whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD. Dollars from FirstAmendmentRadio.com Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD. Government takeover of the church. Order online today at firstamendmentradio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? You are listening to the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network. We do not have freedom of speech because the Constitution gives it to us. The Constitutional Amendment was written to keep the government from taking our freedom away. The Creator gave us our rights, but He also gives us the capacity to do evil or usurp the rights of others. Our individual rights end where the rights of another begin. No one has the right to do evil because evil can never be right. Those who would seek to limit your right to speak or hear the truth are the same who seek to subjugate, control, and enslave you. Freedom is not free. Support the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network by going to firstamendmentradio.com on the Internet and following the instructions there to support us. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, I went over and was looking at my email and trying to answer them during the break. And uh, I was not on Blog Talk this morning. If you were listening to somebody on Blog Talk, it was probably something that they created uh, or else it's an older show. The uh, I have to schedule these far in advance in order to be on Blog Talk, and that's why we do it. And it's just a prelude to this show to try to open up other avenues where people go and listen to promote this show. And there are people who surf Blog Talk, and, and so we have to create a, a little bit of a content there, a half-hour show before this show begins, and uh, try to encourage and entice people to return to this show for a more meatier <laughs> message uh, and, and greater details. We also create talk shows uh, after the show. Tomorrow there's a talk show. There are actually conference calls. You can get on them by calling and ask questions. And again, that's to increase the services that surround this show so that people will, uh, more people will tune in and listen to find the information that we have and, and the uh, instructions that we offer. So the more we go out, the more we create the network, the more we spread the news, the more people will continue to return and get this message, which you just aren't getting hardly anywhere else. You get bits and pieces of it. You Actually, we do hear more and more people talking about getting back to community, getting back to responsibility of the individual, getting back to taking care of one another, getting back to faith, hope, and charity. That's absolutely a good idea. I mean, everybody from Glenn Beck to Catherine Hostin Fitz to there was an economist even saying it on a, a major radio show the other day. I don't get any time to listen to these things, but people tell me about them. Uh, and it is true, and it, it really is just a matter of common sense. You should start to see the ways of the kingdom are better ways. Unfortunately, most people 
most churches and most religions have twisted the really fundamental message of the gospel that you find in all the gospels you find in the Old Testament. And they've turned it around into like a five-point catechism where you got to believe this, and you got to believe that, and you got to believe this and that, and you put these all together, and if you don't believe one of them, you're, you're going to be heretic, heretic, get away from me. But when you actually listen to what Christ said to do and to be like, you find that most of those elements that he is directly talking to everybody are not even included in the doctrines of most churches today. They completely skip over these things. I mean, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke all say you're not to be like these benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. You're not to be like these princes of other governments, these rulers of other governments. And you are to be servants of servants. You are to be the highest amongst you. Everybody says, oh, there's no hierarchy in the church. Well, there is, in a sense. There's not a ruling hierarchy, you know, a dictatorial hierarchy that tells you what you have to believe and what you have to do and, and that, you you know, you guys all have to line up in this fashion and you have to obey us because we don't exercise authority one over the other. That's not how the kingdom is established established by two or more witnesses that's what it says establish everything by two or more witnesses so what are they witnessing they're witnessing that uh you're like christ you're doing the job of christ you'd make a good minister okay i'll bear witness that this guy is a minister of christ i think christ has ordained him and taught him and inspired him to be a great minister to the people why one is he's not trying to exercise authority one over the other. The other one is he, he loves people. He actually has that sacrificial nature of Christ. He, he's early on the job. He works late. He strives to help others. He goes the extra mile. Very forgiving guy. Hey, that guy's a minister like Christ. By that witness, you know him by the witness he gives, by the fruit of what he gives, you know him. And he's walking around with $100,000 rings and and uh, flying around in private jets and driving around in Mercedes Benzes and paying himself $2 million a, a year salary. That don't sound like Christ to me. Oh, yeah, but I have to be comfortable. Why do you have to be comfortable? you ever ride a Jerusalem ass into Jerusalem? Was that comfortable? Did you ever hang on a cross? Was that comfortable? you ever get whipped with a cat of nine tails? Was that comfortable? No, you don't have to be comfortable. That's nice if you get a little comfort, but you should not be more comfortable than all the people in your congregation. There's something wrong with that. You should not be making a hundred times more than anybody in your congregation. There's something wrong with that. Uh, that is not Christ-like. Christ would take off his coat. Christ would get down and wash your feet. You guys who think that those ministers are ministers of Christ, you're a bunch of fools. You're a bunch of silly women. And that goes for you men, too. Because you're a bunch of silly women, too. And that's worse for a man to be a silly woman than it is for a woman to be a silly wo a woman. She's got an excuse. She, at least she is a woman. If you get to my drift there, I'm, I'm being a little scoldy here, but you need it. You guys need to get slapped up the side of the head with a good, thick, thick King James Bible. Because you're all being a bunch of fools. You're all fooling yourselves, and your souls are at stake here. Because you ain't saved. You don't even know Christ. You haven't accepted him. Don't give me no dates. Show me the fruit. Show me a forgiving, long-suffering patient, diligent man and woman. Don't give me this uh, Pharisee look. Give me the look of Christ. Give me the humility of Christ. Show me that in what you are doing. And then I'll maybe say, hey, you know, this guy's not half bad. 
but you don't need my testimony. You need to do what Christ said to do. Not just say, Lord, Lord, I've accepted you as of April whatever. Because that don't mean anything. That's just talk. And Christ said it doesn't, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord. It's those who do it the will of the Father. So you got to be doing, oh, we got to get away from that doing thing. Oh, we don't, not salvation by works. You know, they had that that same kind of goofy philosophy sneaking in on the early church. And James came and says, what is faith without works? What do you got? Sure, you can't do anything to earn salvation. God's never going to owe it to you. It's always going to come by His grace. But if you ain't doing the Word of God, then <laughs> you don't love Him. And the fact is, is these churches have given people the policy of doing contrary to the ways of Christ and yet profess Him in their mouths, profess His name in their mouths. They are taking the name of the Lord in vain. Commandment number two they broke. Coveted their neighbor's goods, took his name in vain. Said they were Christians and they weren't bearing false witness. Actually, bearing false witness has to do with bearing false witness against us, leading people astray, not pointing out that you you guys are praying to benefactors who exercise authority when you apply for these benefits. I mean, I, I don't know how often you can and how many different ways you can explain it, but let's keep finding out. If you want to be a part of the tour, you got to join the Living Network and let us know where you're at. And we've got guys lining up, and we would love you to line up with them to help organize this tour so we don't miss anybody. I went, I was up early this very early this morning, and was going through our Kingdom News list, a Kingdom Newsletter. You can get on the website and get a subscription to the Kingdom Newsletter. That's not enough. you got to get on the Living Network, too. But at least in the Kingdom Newsletter, you'll get some information. But we've had, over the years, we've had a lot of people's emails start bouncing, and, and the software automatically kicks them out, so I don't see the bounces anymore, but they're in there. And somebody has to physically go through and find all those bounced emails and find out who's bouncing and find out why. Sometimes they're... they're uh, boxes full. Sometimes they've changed their email and didn't unsubscribe. They just changed their email. And so we're going through that. And I'm turning them over to the contact ministers. And they're checking to see if these people are okay. Now, in the Living Network, the contact ministers will keep an eye on you even without that. We're not dependent upon the Internet. Well, that's what we're working for. Internet could go down in a minute. And then you're out of touch with people all over the country. If bad things happen, and I could sit here all day and explain to you the bad things that are going to happen, I could tell you what's going to happen, and then you'd become very afraid. You know, we actually were joking about it. There used to be, uh, last night talking to somebody who uh, I've worked with for a long time, uh, he was talking about these fear mongers who go out there and are trying to scare everybody. And then it's, there's a lot of money in fear mongering. Uh, because you get people who will run up and they'll buy anything off of you if you if you uh, tell them how bad things are going to get. But uh, all our books you can get for free just by joining the Living Network, and you join the Living Network because you care about others as much as you care about yourself, and you want to help others. And that better be your motivation because you won't get very far on the Living Network unless you do. You'll just you'll lose interest because it's constructed in such a way that you you've got to care about others or. You'll just you'll just fall away. You'll become inert and useless. And if you don't get into that and gather with others, what's going to happen is that you're going to be like all those seeds that fall amongst the thorns and the dry ground, and the birds come and eat you up, and and because you're all alone, you you didn't come together in the good soil of the kingdom and the good ways of the kingdom. Because the kingdom requires that you actually care and do things that care because that's what binds us together as a network. If you're only interested in being up on a pedestal yourself, you'll just fade away. 
you know, you'll have all these promises that everybody picks you, and then you'll just disappear, and nobody will know where you are. And to tell you the truth, nobody cares, because you don't care about anybody. Now, I do care. I care about everybody, but I will not care about everybody forever. And that's what God said to Cain. I will not strive with you forever. You know, you have to actually do it. You have to actually get your act together. And I'm willing to spend my time this morning to find all those people. The email stopped. I know some people have unsubscribed. I know there's a couple people unsubscribed because of, of, of things that were told to them by somebody who is a consummate and perpetual and uh, obsessed liar because he lies to himself. And I know that's why they unsubscribe, but they never ever came to me with the accusation. Amazing. But anyway, we were talking about these tapes that uh, traveled around years ago, Minuteman tapes, uh, back in the 90s, I think, somewhere. And it was three hours of everybody from Mark Cornkey to uh, Militia of Montana and to every conspiracy theory and you could imagine. And if you sat there and watched all three hours of it, you'd be absolutely panic-struck about how disaster is coming and, you know, I need to start buying freeze-dried this and grain and and everything because it was nothing but fear-mongering. Now, some of it was true, and many of those things have taken place, and more of them probably will. And some of it you should take to heart, but you should sit down with a big bag of salt when you go to listen to those. But anyway, somebody heard that I had them, and they wanted to borrow them, and I, I knew they were kind of subjective, so I told the told them, I said, okay, now you listen to these tapes, but just watch like 15 minutes and then and then go do something else. Don't sit there and listen to the whole tape or the whole things at once, because it's just too much. And they said, oh, okay, I will, and everything, so I gave them the tapes. And it was like the next day I was working at somebody's house and helping them with something, and uh, all of a sudden, here she comes at the door, and she's carrying all her shotguns and hunting rifles and everything and she's bringing them over to this guy's house to ha have him help her clean those guns and I thought like what what is this and I looked at her and I said you watched all three of those tapes didn't you and she put her head down and she said yes I couldn't stop I couldn't stop <laughs> so she immediately went out and and got all her guns in her house and everything, you know, her grandfather's gun and what have you, and she's like, I have to get these things clean and in shape because all hell's going to break loose. You know, well, this is back in the, whatever, 90s or, you know, 10 years ago or so, and those guns are probably all back rusting again now <laughs> because it was all excitement and hype. There was no wisdom of Christ in what she was doing. There was no love. It was just fear for myself. Don't you realize that fear is a selfish emotion? The devil wants you to be afraid. He wants you to act from that fear. Selfishness is why we're in this trouble. And to move from fear is to move from selfishness. Now, you could be afraid for your children or afraid for your neighbor, but then your attitude and, your, and what you do is going to look different. It's very important that it look different. And it's very important that you are different. But if you're moving from fear, you're moving from selfishness. And if you're moving from selfishness, you're moving away from the kingdom because the kingdom is not a place of selfishness. It is a place of selflessness. And you have to repent and go back the other way. So stop being afraid. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen too. What part of that equation do you want to be on? On the bad side or the good side? It's really simple. And I'll tell you another thing. I sent it out an article to newsofviews.com. It's another place I write. It goes out to, I don't know how many, tens of thousands of people that it goes out. And I get a lot of feedback every time an article goes out. It takes a while to write these articles. But I wrote this one, and it's talking about some things to come. And concerning the, the economic crisis, mostly, and a lot of the stuff that they're not going to tell you on the news, because that would be fear-mongering. But I tell you in a way that I hope I tell you in a way 
that you see what's bad is coming and what is coming is bad, but you can do something about it. And, of course, the, the thing you can do about it more than anything is start thinking kingdom. Start thinking what Christ was saying, loving your neighbor, caring about your neighbor. Start coming together in congregations that help one another. Stop investing in things way off that you can't do anything about. Start investing, investing in one another. Because you're the treasures of the kingdom. You know, I mean, you're the miracle of life. God has breathed life into you, not in bars of gold. He's breathed life into you. You are the precious commodity and treasure of the kingdom. Don't put your wealth and your energy and your life in these far-off investments, you know. I, I'm just amazed how people, you know, they they put money in a bank. You know, they don't want, oh, you don't want to carry money around with you. Somebody might take it away. Let's put it in a bank where it'll be safe. Do you think it's safe in a bank? <laughs> you know, you haven't read any history books. It's not safe in a bank. You don't even know those people. You know, I mean, I could tell you stories to the cow comes home and how people have lost their shirt in banks. They got good PR, though. They make you think, oh, we're here to serve you. You know, no, the church is here to serve you. The real church, not those churches out there that delivered you into the hands of the Pharaoh, but the real church, the real church that cares about you. The real church that is forgiving and long-suffering and, and wants to serve and wash your feet, not lord it over you. And yeah, there is a hierarchy in the church. And you know how you tell who's the hierarchy? Who's the best servant of servant of servants of servants? Not who's the best ruler of ruler of ruler or arrogant. Who's on the highest pedestal? Who's down there closest, you know, the first one to wash your feet when you come in the door? Now, if you want us to come by and visit you, and, and I've got a few ideas, I'll mention it because there, there'll be conference calls when I'm, you know, off speaking other places uh, in the next few days. Is that one of the things I thought since I'm, I'm traveling around that uh, we could set up a deal where different ministers, different contact ministers join with me and then drive with me back to wherever they live. You know, they maybe take a bus or a train or maybe get another ride somewhere and I pick them up and then they travel with me to this place, that place, that place, and that place. Then we keep going two by two. And uh, we get some experience, we get some time together, and we get, you know, that spirit arcing back and forth. And uh, so we're going to be looking for some volunteers to do that. Uh, but we have to determine the route, and in the meantime, to determine that route, we're going to need as many people bringing in input from the Living Network, which means you have to get on the Living Network, which means you have to go to hisholyjurist.org, go up there to that little guy with a net, click on that, and join the local group. And you join that local group, and then you say, who on here, you know, I'm in this town or I'm in this location, who on here can be my contact minister? And, or I'd like to volunteer to be a contact minister. It all explains it on the net, and there's lots of guys there now who can explain these things and help you uh, understand these and how a network works and why it's absolutely important that you work at networking for the future. It's what Israel was, was a network of people. It's what the early church was. It was a network of people. It's what the kingdom of God has always been, is a network of people. And yes, the kingdom is within you. It's the Spirit of God within you, wanting to gather together with others, not so that you will be helped, but so that you will help others. But in that willingness to freely give God will freely give to you, and ultimately you're going to need that miraculous blessings of God. But they won't come unless you live the way of Christ, which is a way of sacrifice and of caring and of selflessness rather than selfishness. So, I mean, there's the formula. It's laid right out before you. What are you going to do about it? You want another email? You go join some other email group because we're not just handing out emails here. We're looking for people who are looking for Christ. And the way you look for Christ is you look to help one another. Nobody in our network needs to send their kids to public school or should. 
and if they are, let's work to free them from that need. Nobody in the network will do public health care because we will be that health care. And I can tell you this, you can actually do a better job. That's when you'll start seeing real healing, is when you start coming together in Christ, in the ways of Christ. Not just in words. Don't just tell me that you believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. He just doesn't do what he says. So if you believe in Jesus, you're right up there now with the devil. You're, you're not any different than the devil just because you believe in Jesus. You're different than the devil when you start doing what he says. How many how many parables did he talk about that in? The two sons. You know, go do this. He didn't do it. The other one changed his mind and did do it. Which one is the son? He's telling you. You're not doing it. You're not the son. You're not the brother. What What is doing it look like? You know, before we went on the air, I'm writing another pamphlet that we'll hopefully have ready when we go on tour and we'll be handing it out. And it will tell you one of the big keys of the kingdom, which is coming together and how you do that. Now, writing it down in a book isn't going to make it so. It's going to make it so is actually doing it. The kingdom of heaven is about on-the-job training more than anything else. You can't read about it. You have to apply it. You apply it one step at a time, like the talent. God, follow that clue up and bear fruit with it. Then he'll give you two more clues. And then you follow that up, and he'll give you more clues. And he will give you power. But he's not going to give you power if you're not going to do the little things. And it was the power to do what? To lord it over other people? The power to be the kingdom. To have 300 men face 10,000 and the 10,000 flee. You don't think you can do that? Then you don't believe. Believe. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's start preaching it. Let's start doing it. See you on the radio. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.